Hello, and welcome to the Tommyknocker Tapes. My name is Michael Bouchard, and I'll be your host. Today on the podcast, I have with me Kitty skillman Hilsebeck, and she is the choreographer extraordinaire at the Arvada Center here in Arvada, Colorado. Now, Kitty's resume as a performer runs deep, from Broadway to national tours to working for years with dance companies in Chicago and Detroit and New York. But in this podcast, I spend all of my time talking to her as a choreographer. If you've ever found yourself daunted by a dance callback or wondered what the best process to memorize dance moves might be or where to put your focus when you're learning a dance and how to get noticed while in a callback, well, then this is the podcast for you. Uh, so without further ado, I give you Kitty Skillman Hilsebeck. All right. So I am here with Kitty Skillman Hilsebeck. Hi, Kitty. Hi. Um, and Kitty, the first thing I want to ask you um, is what does a choreographer do? So not in the sense that uh, we all know that you make up the dance moves, but what is the larger job of a choreographer? Well, you... You're in on every production meeting, so you, it starts off with even just the whole idea of the show because some, and you're there, depending on the director and how much input they want, but majority of times I work, they want ideas to be thrown around, like, what if we did this? What if we, so you're really, I think, part of the creative team in every aspect of it, set, <laughs> costume, um, you know, what type of things, what type of movement you're going to do, so what the costumes have to... Um, help with that and how you if they want a costume a certain way then you go okay then let's you know then the dance that number will go a certain way but mm -hmm. um so you're kind of in on the whole production part of it now the whole creative look of it um like i said it depends on the director how much they want it and put it up but right. um but also within the dances you are definitely there to um enhance anything that the that's going on with the show i think a lot of times people think it's just the, the show, and then we stop and we do a dance number, and then we go on with the story. And I think it's really your uh, or a choreographer's job to enhance what's being said, even if it's a dance number that somehow heightens some type of emotion or the storyline. Um, and so, but through that, you're also bringing ideas in um, to the director of like, what if we added this element? Or like in, in Man of La Mancha, I said, I want to do African drumming, and what about using these poles as as these rhythm things that are stamped on the floor, and that sound would enhance. Of course, that would affect the music, so I had to, you know, so David and I worked together, like, how are we going to do this percussion so it doesn't get in the way of the music? So right. there's a lot of collaborative stuff um, that you're doing with each element of the production team. So um, it's not just dances, but I think, I think if you're... Hi, when you're hired by the director, too, is like they are bringing you because of your expertise. So it's not just the dance, it's what ideas, how are you going to take the story that they have in their vision and make it grow even larger from, from where they've started because they don't have those visions that you have. They don't have that training that you have. Right. So an, an aspiring choreographer then um, wouldn't be harmed by going out and learning about costume material and set designs because they affect all of that themselves as well. Also, yeah, I think I think anytime you're in theater, learn all the different aspects. Um, and to, I mean, I come from a dance company where we were sewing the costumes and we were, you know, carrying them on tour and we were helping, you know, laying the dance floor and we were crew also. So you appreciated every every element of and everybody's jobs. Mm. But um, 
but I do think that helps in in uh, being able to communicate with those people too, like the, the customers, what you want, and right. with set designers. I mean, a lot of time, and you know, Brian Melgrave here at our vet center is great at going. You know, if I said, "What if we did this?" or "Can we use this board? Can we flip it down and make that a dance thing?" or "Can we turn it up and make a wall at this?" and he's always like, "Yeah, that's cool. That would be great." So we're working together to right. create the, the vision that we all want. Um. What are some general, common, easy-to-solve mistakes that you see very repeatedly in, say, let's say, um, audition? Auditions? Yeah. Um, Well, number one, people doubting themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And I totally understand (laughs) that because my... You know, my language is dance, so I go in very comfortably. Like when I was in New York, I would love to go to dance calls. Even if I didn't want the show, I would go there because it was a free dance class. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and um, so it was very easy for me to pick that up and do that. Mm-hmm. But And I know in singing, when I had to go in and sing, I would doubt myself all the time. So it's right. how you get over that. Mm-hmm. So you walk in the door just going, I'm just going to go for it. I don't care if I make a mistake because I expect people to make mistakes. You know, it's we're teaching something fast. Um, but I want to see that they're getting the overall picture, number one, um, but also that they're seeing all of the movement. I think sometimes people look at the feet and what are their feet doing and what are their hands doing, and I think you need to almost like blur your vision and see the whole eight counts that you're going to do, mm-hmm. and it's almost like when you're learning a, um, a paragraph of dialogue that you read it and then you try to say it back, the whole idea of it. It might not be perfect, word for word, obviously it won't be, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's what it's trying to say. And I think if you look at dance that way, don't think of each each step in each position, but you think of it as a sentence and, and capture it that way, that even if it's not completely right, you have the whole statement that's being said. So I think it's easier to pick up movement that way. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I say consistently, take your eyes off the floor, take your eyes off the floor. And right. Because when people are learning stuff, they drop their vision, they, they look straight down at the floor, and they internalize it to try to re- remember it. But they're in a room of people that are all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's great to lift your eyes up, and then you're dancing with them. Plus, that's helping enforce the movement, reinforce that movement into your brain, because you're seeing other people do it, so you have a visual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is teaching how to dance with the whole group, because... I'm watching for that, too, that how you work with people. Like some people will dance right over people and right. travel past them. And sometimes right. you have to because if they all of a sudden stop, you've right. got to still do the combination and have yourself be seen, right. you know, um, in with what you can do. But um, definitely, like, lifting your eyes and taking in, because dance is communication. If you drop your eyes, you're not communicating with the people in the room. You're not communicating with the storyline. And mm-hmm. so it's really important to look up and and have what have that subtext going on in what you're dancing and what you're looking at when you look over at that corner it's like who's there and what's there and what are you saying with the movements you're doing towards that corner you know it's like right. there's really got to be dialogue going on hmm. that's fantastic <laughs> uh i always call this a selfish podcast because i'm basically just asking questions for me and then everyone else gets to listen um and that's genius the idea of um of the, the, trying to remember the dance movements as a sentence, as a phrase, um, and kind of connecting it all as uh, something I'd never thought before. When I auditioned for uh, Twilight Tharp years ago, she did two counts of eight. She got up, and, she, and she's, not, she's not the nicest <laughs> person <laughs> in the world. She danced through these two eights really fast, but her kind of quirky little movement, mm-hmm. and then sat down and went, okay, and that's all we got for the audition. Oh, wow. So you really had to think, okay, what was what kind of movement or where did she move and mm-hmm. you know so you're looking at space and you're looking at you know how much arm movement there was I and mean, you really had to she wanted to see if you took in the whole picture right and even if you didn't get it right she didn't care but if you had something that was the idea of what she did mm-hmm. she was thrilled 
Okay, so this um, leads me naturally to my next question, which is um, what are some very smart tips and tricks that you would give uh, to individuals to stand out? And one of them sounds already like just lift your head because everyone else is already looking at their yeah, shoes. Yeah. Um, so, so things along, is there anything else along those kinds of lines? Um, adding the character along with the steps mm -hmm. right away because every once in a while people can add, you know, slap on that smile once, you know, Rod comes in and we're all sitting there and we're doing three at a time. Yeah. Where at first they're learning, it's a little more intense. But I think if you really start adding that layer of character and what you're saying, mm -hmm. that dialogue that they're saying, I'm already watching that in the group because it makes me want to watch them. I look over and they're having a good time or they're, they're really feeling it internally and they're moving from their core because uh -huh. they've got that subtext going. Um, but I also think a lot of... A lot of times when we get into smaller groups, the people that haven't been doing that, it's really hard for them to add that layer on, um, unless it's just a big old smile, which then doesn't, isn't always appropriate for the whole time. You know, right. I mean, it's like it's not heartfelt. It's just like their show smile as uh -huh. opposed to, you know, I always tell people, do not mug. I don't like mugging. I, if you can have something crazy going on in your face, but i got to see that your body is saying that. Right. Or a lot of times you get that kind of vacancy, ooh, ah, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not real <laughs> to me, and right. I really want... I want to see the dances coming from their heart and that they're thinking something and they're feeling something um, and not just like now I'm performing and I'm going to do it all with my face since I don't have the steps. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so we're, we've been discussing this idea of, um, or at least I've been taking in the idea of how to remember dance moves um, and how to mentally sort of attack it. And my question would be, is it, is it kind of all using the same mental faculties as rem remembering your lines? And if it is, um, are there ways that you kind of attack that? And if it's not, are there ways to get better at learning dance moves as opposed to lines? I think it must be a little bit of both because mm -hmm. it's still memorization. It's still, but have, you're memorizing a visual thing. You're seeing it and having to put it into your body. I think through our culture, because we are in a culture that continues to have dance in our and our, you know, as kids, they don't mm -hmm. have like we're in China and you know all these different right. Turkey, all these different countries where the dance is a part of their culture, mm -hmm. and they're um, always learning and dancing together and having different emotions with these dances. We don't do that as much here. We you can choose to do it, like you can choose to take country western dance or right. this or swing later or whatever, but it's not part of your early early training. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've lost a little bit of that skill that way. Like we we still have it, but we have to work harder at it because right. it's not a it's not an innate thing. I think you definitely have to train differently for or practice picking up movement, mm -hmm. and whether that be watching a you know a, a video, a, m a music video that you love. I mean, what's, what's interesting to me is a lot of times people will have a hard time picking up dance in a in a callback, but then like I'll see them if, if they're in the show, I'll see them rehearsal, and they also they're jumping into like a dance off of you know you know somebody's video music video, right. and they're doing it and they're like feeling it. I'm like, well. You learn that, <laughs> right? And and um, so I think I think it's number one, not doubting yourself, mm -hmm. and just going and having and seeing it and putting it in on your body and just trying it on and trying different things with it. Um, but um, it's practice too, right? So I think the more you do it, and in any sense, like mm -hmm. just watching something or on TV when you're watching a, uh, a movie and there's you know. Um, you know, whether it's a big dance number or just even something smaller, just really feel, like, internalize it. See it and kind of follow it with your with your core. You don't have to get up and physically do it. But see how what you're looking at, like, how you're watching that. Instead of just watching it and seeing it as entertainment, I'm like, okay, let me see this phrase. And then right. test yourself if you can go back and do kind of a similar thing. But, um, but I think because so many people have 
problems learning lines. And I know for myself, it's easier for me to learn dance moves. Mm. I've, I can get a general thing for lines, but I have to drill it more. Um, so I just think it's what our, our language is that we're comfortable with. Do you have any straightforward um, injury prevention tips, I guess, beyond warm-up? Um, because it's, injuries are something that happen, they happen to us. They will eventually happen to us along our line if we, keep, if we stick around in theater and dancing. Um, but they're so few and far between, we don't really spend a lot of time on how to solve it or how to deal. Um, do you, I mean, do you have any, any tips about you know, prevention? And then once you are injured, recovery. Um, I would say find out what your weaknesses are and then strengthen those as far as like a lot of people have, some people have really weak muscles around the knee, supporting muscles. Mm -hmm. So figure that out early, which you kind of know because if you've had problems earlier or um, your knees go out, I mean, people tend to know if they, also like if you had huge growing spurts when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. it tends to weaken those muscles. I did not deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) I won, so. Um, But... uh, and strengthen those areas because those are going to be the areas you injure. You know, if people mm-hmm. say, oh, I've always had problems, or I tore my ACL. And like, well, it's always going to be a problem. So it's finding those things and then doing those exercises all the rest of your life because right. that's always going to be a weak area and that you're always going to be prone to injure that area. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because that's weaker, it's going to strengthen other muscles that you will get over-strengthened and then will jump in and do the work of that, and that, co- that tends to cause problems too because mm-hmm. the wrong muscle groups are, are doing movements that they shouldn't be. Um, so I think it's find those weaknesses, strengthen, do that strengthening work, and then just know that you have to do that all your, all your life. Right. You know, it's, so it's a daily it's kind, of kind of regimen. Yeah, it's a yeah. daily thing for, I mean, I know a lot of people have back problems or, um, I mean, I've, in my later years I'm finding out, like, oh, i got a few little things i got to deal with, but mm-hmm. I didn't deal with a lot of problems um, through my gymnastics or dance, and I think it's because every day I went in and did strength work because mm-hmm. if gymnastics, you do that. You go right. in, you you know, in college we worked out, and then we did an hour of strength training after. Right when you're ready to go home, they'd make you run those bleachers, they'd make you do, you know, all, all different type of strengthening exercises when you were dead tired, but they pushed you through them, and mm-hmm. I never got injured in gymnastics. And I think that was, and I think I applied that then to dance, and I was always the first person in the studio warming up and stretching mm-hmm. um if you are a real flexible person you're also much more prone to injury because of tearing things because mm-hmm. you are loose and flexible and that you don't have that same support so it's like looking at what your body is and and even though the flexibility is a great you know a- aspect of it which i never really had <laughs> <laughs> but um it's going well that's great but that means i need to go in and warm up because you're almost too loose and you can right. actually sprain things easier and and tear things easier um, thoughts for once you have been injured, like good tips for recovery? Um, there's so much great PT now, and it doesn't, and you know, with the internet too, it's, mm-hmm. there's so much information out there. Because um, not, you know, whether, number one, if you have coverage or you can get to a PT or, <laughs> right. you know, expense and everything. But there's a lot of information out there, and just doing that, um, that strengthening work, also massage. I'm a huge believer in massage and cross fiber uh-huh. massage to tear down scar tissue because if you don't take care of it right away, mm-hmm. you're going to deal with it the rest of your life right. because you're going to build up all that scar tissue and then you know every time you go to do something, it's going to be tighter and then you're going to keep tearing a little scar tissue and then it's going to build more. Right. So I think take care of the problem right away. I, I, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, this this hurts. Oh, I can dance through it. You know, and But even if you do have to keep dancing, still take that time to ice it every night. Right, and jump then, on it. You know, and then heat in the morning when you warm up and do every possible thing. It's it's a lot of maintenance time, but in in the whole scope of things, it will keep you dancing or moving many more years. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, 
Just as a side note, any favorite sort of equipment, dance shoes, and your favorite brand, things you like? <laughs> um, what should I look for, in other words? <laughs> well, I think everyone should have a good dance tennis shoe because I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'll just wear my tennis shoes. Right. Because that'll work, and I have those. But I'm that, there's, I'm that um, idiot. That's but me. those are hard on your knees because they have treads on them, uh-huh. and um, movement is a little difficult, but it's, it's hurting your body more than you think it is, even though they're comfortable mm-hmm. um, to get a shoe that has a really nice, it, it'll stick on the floor enough, but you can do turns and stuff right. and not be tearing at the knees or the hips. Um, and is that a, uh, as opposed to jazz shoes, um, like a good j- dance tennis shoe? I think a dance tennis shoe because there's a little more support and the kind that are the split sole so that it's really tied up and supporting the arch. Right. Um, uh, I think our plus makes your feet look better, and we can all use that, you know. Good um, to know. <laughs> but, and I think you can work through your foot more, and I think a lot of times with a tennis shoe, um, if you don't have a lot of dance training, you tend to not work through your feet as much. Like you just dance like how you run or how you walk. Right. And you really, like that's something, again, I look for is how people use their feet and how they work through their feet and dance and how they push off the floor because it gives it a different element of the look. Of mm. it's, it's a real classy, stylized look. And so with a, a dance shoe that's, you, that you can work and you can point your foot, mm-hmm. you can really start strengthening those muscles in your feet and feel the difference of what it is to work through your foot or push off in a certain way where tennis shoe or even a, like a character shoe might be harder sold so you're not getting that full point. And right. even with women's character shoes, the, the old character shoes, you know, a lot of times they lift their foot and it'll look like you know a biscuit at the end because you can't point in those. The new ones that have split soles or or right. maybe a tango shoe or a ballroom shoe, mm. you can actually work through the foot and um, and that adds. I think you can really feel your body working all the way from the cord down to to the appendages in. But so I would say yes, yeah, split sole tennis shoe. Right on. <laughs> this is oh, this is so good. Um, so naturally, if we want to get better at dance, we have to get into a class. Um, are there any schools around that you would recommend? Any particular styles? I mean, is, is it always good to have ballet, maybe jazz for starters? Who knows? It, I think it's always good <clears throat> to have every type. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what you need to look at is, are you a person that's had some training? Like, if you're, if you're limited on how much time you have, and, mm-hmm. okay, I've got to pick one class that I can go do. Right. Um, look at where you need that strength. If you've had some ballet and you've had that understanding of the technique but you're not as free of a dancer, like it's harder for you to just loosen up and then go take a modern because I feel like modern is my number one favorite, and some of that's because that's where I was based in in a Graham and a Horton base um, in dancing, but you use the center and you use your core in a different way that I think is much more natural to the movement we do in everyday life, Mm -hmm. but it's applied towards dance, so I think people can understand it better, and I think then you can apply it to stage even when you're not dancing, when you're standing there, because a lot of times you see people that are like, they don't know what to do with their bodies. And I just feel like if, if you have that dance background, you've, you're more comfortable, like you know what to do. There's right. just that understanding of, of the body and not forcing it. But I think that comes from modern more mm-hmm. than ballet, since ballet is so much standing in a position um, for strength, and you, should, right. and you need to keep that breathing and that, and that work going. Like even when I teach ballet, there's always movement in the arms. There's always, I always have breath going mm-hmm. so that nobody's just in a tight position because then it teaches you to dance stiff. Right. So that's why I said you need to look at where, where are your problems and where do you need. Like some people are real natural movers, so they, they, are like, they can throw themselves around and have fun, and, but they might need that training that, core, that right. maybe ballet would, would work better for them to really get a little more control of their body, even mm-hmm. though, that, you know. So I think you have to kind of pair yourself up with that. But I do think at some point 
a, a good modern class that will have still a ballet bar within it, but a modern bar, so you're still going through plies, tendus, okay. tegages. There's all kinds of things. That, there's, there's some that just are just movement, and then mm-hmm. there's some that really have that technique base because all dance should still have that same kind of some type of bar where you're doing the tendus and you're doing degages and you're doing, you know, right. it's taking you to that, but maybe with a different element on top of it. Great. Um, and my final question to you is for the aspiring choreographers out there, um, what, what advice would you give a younger you um, coming up as a choreographer? Um, I would say there's a lot of ways to approach movement. And uh, what, the way I started and what I do quite often is I, I don't choreograph the steps right away. I sit and listen to music over and over and over, like sometimes for a month. Before I'm even doing a step, because I have to see the vision of the whole piece. I have to see what I want to do before I can apply steps to support it. Um, And that's worked really well for me, although recently, I just, in this last show, I'm like, let's try a different way. And I have these little plastic um, cake toppers, they're they're Superman and they're Cinderella's, I mean, that that are on poker chips. And and they each have a name of the cast, you know, for that show. And I move them around to get interesting patterns, because at one point I thought, I need to, I need to, do some more creative patterns on um, in certain numbers, and but how do you do that? And I mm-hmm. with charting it, unless you have something visual. And I used to just have the poker chips, and then a friend of mine bought me these little people, which are great because they're 3D, and then you, there's just a little bit more interaction before, yeah. between them. And I see, like, I'll put them in one position, and then I sit there and I wait, and I'm like, what if this could happen? And then I <laughs> shift them, and I see, right. and then I chart who crosses where when, so that when I go into a rehearsal, I have it. So I think. Um, so there's that approach. I mean, there's so many different approaches, but I think don't just try one. Because mm-hmm. when I tried this one, I'm like, let's not do the music. Well, let's, I mean, I knew the music, but like, let's let's do the patterns first and right. see what patterns are cool, and then put the steps that support that. So I, I think try all different things. Um, but I think one thing is good to do. Uh, one piece of advice I'd say is don't always start on your feet, or don't ever start on your feet actually, because. When you start doing, when you start dance movements to music, mm-hmm. you fall into your same old, um, your vocabulary. Uh-huh. Your body will move those same things the same way you trained, and um, to find something new, you have to see it first because your body's going to fall back on that. You're going to use that that same. Oh well, if, if I go here, my body's going to want to go there because that's what it does naturally. Right. Where if you sit down and or lie down, or sometimes I ride my bike, or sometimes I do something physical but not dancing and mm-hmm. listen to the music um, and then I start seeing stuff so that I feel like sometimes I can get new approaches to the dances if I'm not trying to dance it first off. Right. Um, so I, I never start on my feet. I have to make up the steps sitting down, lying down on my bike. That's so counterintuitive, but that's awesome. Because um, you would just think, well, it's dance, and it's about moving, so you would start it by dancing. Uh-huh. And um, maybe something, you know, like tap, it's obviously... Actually, I would say even with tap, because I hear rhythms. I, want, I hear the music, and then I have to hear rhythms. I'm not the... Right. You know, I haven't been tapping all my life, so I'm not like that killer tapper that I'm sure those people approach it different because they have so many things right. in their head already. But um, I think just try everything, you know, but definitely... Listen to that music a lot before you even approach it, right. you know, as far as movement-wise or... Um, patterns or anything just get to know it inside and out and see how it moves you and what you're seeing like when I see stuff I see full lighting I usually see costumes I see the whole set even if it's not the set we're using I picture something that's why it's hard sometimes when we get into the theater and it's not the lighting (laughs) I saw in my head earlier I'm like oh that's not you know but you know it's part of the collaborative part right and sometimes they enhance you know that in a certain way okay what if we try this I'm like that's great but yeah so well Kitty 
Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and thank you for listening. I would once again like to thank Kitty Skillman Hilsebeck for being a fantastic guest and for sharing her vast expertise. I know it's incredibly helpful to people like me. And our theme music is provided by the band Forbear. So if you like what you hear, you can find more at F-O-R-E-B-E-A-R dot L-A.